Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 70 of DN Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my kobold buddy, Ben Bumhoffer. How you doing, Ben? I am doing very draconic. Very draconic. How are you doing today? I am recovering from a slight sinus infection. Oh, that's no good. So but... I'm, I'm feeling slightly... Uzi? Well, you sound good. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think Hopefully so. Hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> good enough, at least. <laughs> Hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, uh, you know what? If not, uh, you start becoming a little bit more oozy, we'll just switch to a gelatinous ooze topic and then just you know, roll with it. That's right. That's right. Um, we're back. We're back for our first episode of July. Yeah. Um, really excited to talk about stuff. Really excited to do do these July episodes. Um, and we've got a few really good topics we're going to talk about. Um, we've got a topic from a listener, which I'm actually really excited to talk about because mm-hmm. it kind of combines monster and race into the same discussion, which is always, always pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but first I wanted to chat a little bit about splitting the party, but Ryan, you're never supposed to split the party ever that's the rule because when that happens everybody dies well that would be relevant if we were players but (laughs) today we're gonna talk about it from the dm perspective and how in the heck you handle things like that because a lot of times uh most of the time you cannot control what the players do and honestly, if you're controlling what the players do most of the time, you're probably doing it not not correctly. Yeah, you should write a book. Yeah, write a book. Um, inevitably, sometimes in your campaigns, the players will decide, I'm going to go down this hallway, or and you guys go down that hallway. And there, like I said, there's there's a bunch of different ways splitting the party happens um that specific instance would be short-term short-term splitting where Mm -hmm. we're in a dungeon part of the party goes this way part of the party goes this way we're going to search we're going to look whatever um then you have more midterm splitting uh potentially during downtime or potentially in a city or something where the players might be away from each other for a few days or they might be away from each other for an entire day or something like that. And I've actually had that scenario happen recently uh, that made me have to think of a whole lot of um, interesting mechanics to potentially reunite them before danger struck. Mm -hmm. And then you have long-term splitting, which is potentially a character that gets captured a character that decides to leave for a time for whatever you know reason, or potentially a player dies with a known means of resurrection that is just not accessible right then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So and- we're going to kind of go through and talk about each of those instances and how you can potentially handle those things as a DM. Yeah. And, that being said, 
again, we, we're not into railroading. It, we want to give the players the, you know, the, the freedom to do the things that they want, how they want. But that doesn't mean that this can sometimes just not have any consequences as well, because that is the other side to the to the coin here. Where, yes, there are times where splitting up is definitely something that's perfectly fine to do, perfectly happy and safe. And other times where there is a risk there. And, I mean, right off the bat, that's one of those moments where you can always toss in your, you sure you want to do that? Or based on the, the uh, where you are, you know that uh, monsters tend to attack you know, weak solo prey or, you know, something along the lines of that, you're, you're able to give little hints to kind of put the, or keep the party together in instances where it would really be very detrimental to them to split up. So especially in those times that the short term times during the action times, you have a lot more control over warnings Mm -hmm. because for the most part, you as the DM know what's coming. You know what's ahead. You know what might be ready to attack or ready to strike. And so you can you can do those things so that players aren't caught off guard. And I don't consider this metagame. Yes. I don't. Because at the end of the day, we're all here to have fun. And dying to a massive pack of something with zero forethought or zero warning <laughs> ahead of time is usually not that fun yeah so it's it's okay to be like like you said guys are you sure you want to do this like hey all hey (laughs) (laughs) y'all do you really want to split and go this way and that way in this very dangerous dungeon now that being said again you know what's ahead so you could always alter it if you want to it, again, you're the DM. You have a lot of control in this situation to, you know, again, let the players choose what they want to do. If they do want to split and even if it's a stupid idea and they're in this dungeon full of undead monstrosities and vampires and ghosts and everything like that. I mean, sure. OK, if you want to, you know, go ahead and let them do that with, with less consequences. Take a couple of the monsters off the board or, you know, lower health or maybe change what they're actually going to be encountering um, or heck. Put a dead end in front of one of the other groups so that they have to turn around faster and, and, and come back. I mean, you have a lot of ways to kind of facilitate and keep control of what's going on, even though the players are choosing uh, the paths that they're taking. Yeah. And while we're talking about short term, too, uh, a lot of times short term can mean combat and we have to be really careful when we are running split combat Mm -hmm. because a if one group is getting attacked and the other group is not getting attacked then i will normally try and keep that combat much shorter so that the other people are not sitting around and waiting the entire session There are times when that will happen, but normally there will be some sort of foreshadowing or some sort of purposeful act on the player's part that will facilitate that. But if it's just a random thing and, you know, one of the two groups gets attacked, then I will try my best to make that 
piece shorter or to shorten that combat piece so that the other people aren't just sitting around. And on the flip side of that, if both of them get attacked at the same time, make sure you flip flop back and forth between the combats Mm -hmm. so that you're not just running an hour for one side while the other people do nothing and then running an hour for the other side while the other people do nothing. Yeah, in fact, that right there actually works for every sort of, every short of, I'm going into Sean Connery here, excuse me. Uh, every short of, every short of combat. Yes, every short of combat, we want to make sure that we're paying close attention to everybody that's there. Um, now, you don't want to have half your session with, you know, two of your players, and then the other half of your session with the other two. It it, it doesn't work. People don't have fun that way. And, you know, it, it just... It's it's a bad way to run things. Um, you want to avoid that if at all possible. Yes. Like I said, there are probably scenarios and niche times when that will be okay. Mm-hmm. But as a general rule, you usually want to avoid that. Yes. So, um, Ryan, have you had an instance where you've had a, your group kind of split up like in the middle of combat when you knew that it was not the right thing to do. Yes. Um, I have had, had that before. Um, sometimes it happens. <laughs> I had one time when they were uh, a party of mine were in this dwarven tomb and one of the members went and searched this room by themselves. There happened to be a purple worm in that room and so thankfully in this case it was close enough where i basically was like okay there's like two or three rounds that you guys are going to be running to this so it ended up just a back and forth and this person had to survive for those two or three rounds before their party got there to help them Mm -hmm. and so that's that's a little bit of a lesser case because the party was able to make it um but it's one of those things too where it's it's like even if they weren't technically that close they are that close just for the purposes of everyone wants to have fun this is a cool combat that just happened to be sprung by a single player so there is a little bit of lag time but at the end of the day we're gonna tweak and bend things a little bit yeah so that Everybody can play. I had something similar in in my campaign. Um, There were these uh, forges that were all going to blow up. There were four of them. And they decided, okay, it'll be faster if we split up and each tackle a different one at at the same time. And I tried to telegraphic that, you know, of the timing of them so that they would be able to kind of go as a group together to go one to the next to the next. And... It was just one of those things where I'm like, you sure you want to do this? And they're like, yeah, this is what we want to do. I'm like, okay. So, um, you know, the, the one group went off and they would have gone to certain doom if they didn't go with the other two characters or three characters. Gosh, how many was around? I think six at the time. So yeah, three, three and three is how they were splitting up. And so luckily my very super duper, high perception character was in the group that didn't go to that first one. And so he could, I, I kind of just gave him the hint of like, okay, well you can tell that these ones aren't as, you know, dire. Like th- this is the one that's going to blow up like really soon, you know, 
maybe you should head that way or, or you get, get, get this feeling like that's the way that you should go or something like that. Just kind of pointing them in the right direction. And then they just kind of realize, Oh, this is a really big hint of we need to do this or bad things will happen. And granted, this was a few years ago. I wasn't nearly as good at altering stuff as I am now. And uh, yeah, so then I had two rounds go by before they, everybody else showed up and then they, you know, got together and then started working as a team going around and stuff. Cause my idea was they would get progressively harder as they went on. And yeah, I should have thought, of course they're going to split up, but yeah, didn't have anything and I mean, ready for that. I mean, to your point too, there are times when it, it's okay for the party to split up. If you, as the DM are telegraphing this and this need to be done at the same time, this mechanism and this lever both need to be pulled down at the same time. It's like the nuclear, you know, key. You yeah. both have to turn the key at the same time to pop open the the big red button that you mm-hmm. can then push. Exactly. And so I think I think scenarios like that are super fun. And they can be really, really interesting because they can kind of stretch the player's mechanical muscles. Yes. In a lot of ways. And so I, I I think this is one of those this is one of those one of those times when you absolutely can have scenarios like that, but make sure that you as the DM are talking that up and telegraphing it so that your players know it is okay to split up, or they know that they're going to have to go to this place and this place to be able to get the ultimate prize in the middle. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you know. Uh, creating an encounter like that is actually really interesting because it's very, like you said, mechanic heavy, but on top of that too, you can have some very dramatic things happen along the way to, you know, get the timing just right. You know, you're, you're back to the futuring this. You're trying to hit that wire right at 10 4 PM, but you've got, you know, your two separate stories of what's going on. And in order to get everybody there at the same time to make everything work, it, it can be a ton of fun. So yeah, splitting, not a bad thing at all. Or it Especially could be when you if plan, you want it to. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it can really go it. either way uh, in that short term. Now yeah. in the long term, like you said, there's, there's a lot of different kind of scenarios and ways that this can play out. Um, very recently in, in my campaign, um, I had two two of my players ride off to meet this delegation that was coming to town, and the other two stayed in town. So it was like, okay, cool. And the best thing I did with that was just, you know, just keep jumping back and forth between the two, you know, work with one for a little while, have some stuff happen, jump back, work with the other one, have some stuff happen. And everybody seemed to really enjoy that because not only could they just kind of watch and enjoy what was going on with the other group, but when it came to their their turn, they were able to have fun, interact, and do things as well. And luckily, it was only for you know one session because we got them back into town, and everybody was able to kind of meet up again after that. But it worked out really well for storytelling because they have those unique experiences just on their side of things, and yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, for everybody overall. Yeah, and in those moments hopping back and forth and making sure you're giving everybody roughly equal time is super key Mm -hmm. because that's, that's what keeps things flowing. That's what keeps people participating. That's what keeps people engaged is making sure that everyone is getting to participate in the story. Even if it's not everyone at the same time. 
Yeah, it it's kind of like how you know you you, you try to play out or, or plan out your session so that you know the your your RPers are able to have fun, your combat enthusiasts are able to have fun, your I don't know money making people are you know it's like you're you're trying to cater to all the different types of play styles. Well, it's just the same thing, but on a different sort of scale when you're splitting the party up over these long type of sessions. You want to make sure that everybody gives their or gets their chance to kind of have their spotlight moment to have some fun and to, you know, make sure that they feel like they participated in the adventure, even if they're only in half of it. Yeah, the the big stuff comes. When you talk about long term Mm -hmm. leaving. And this can happen, as I said, in a multitude of ways. A player might become bored with the character they're playing and want to switch things up. Uh, a player character might die. A player character might get captured or be held hostage or prisoner. And obviously, it is incredibly hard to for any sort of <laughs> for any sort of length of time play a session where one of the player characters is separated completely yeah. from, from the rest of the party. It can be done a little bit, but especially if it goes over several sessions, it can be very hard. So what are the alternatives, right? Usually if someone comes to me and says, okay, uh, I'm tired of my character, or I'm just not having as much fun as I thought, Usually we'll have a little bit of a conversation and go, Hey, okay. Is there anything that we could do to make it more fun? Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you want to respect it a little bit? Do you want to, you know, swap things around maybe a different subclass or something like that? I honestly don't mind making those changes. Yeah. Now, now switching like classes completely. I'll even allow that within some some realm as long as we can kind of fit it in and make it make sense but usually if you're going to do something like that a new character would probably be more appropriate Mm -hmm. to to make it make it fit better but i i've i've been known to kind of dabble open to suggestion yeah to to dabble because again you want it to be fun for the person but especially for smaller tweaks like subclass changes, like just switching some stuff around if if a certain thing is not feeling great or whatnot, I'm totally open to those types of things in my campaigns because yeah. I want the player to be having fun. I don't want this decision they made at level two or three that now they're regretting at level six or seven after they played it for a little bit. And it's like, ah, this is not what I was hoping yeah, it's like, would oh, be... Warlock's really not for me. I'm tired of Eldritch Blast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I usually will allow tinkering around. But if we can't figure out something for a character that will work, then usually retirement is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And that can work out in a multitude of ways. The, the, the player can basically have them uh, find another goal that will happen away from a party and they will walk away. Uh, You can plan potentially depending on what the player wants to do, especially if they're very integrated with the current story. Um, Sometimes planning together with the the DM and the player for a dramatic character death 
at the hands of some big boss can be extremely interesting Mm -hmm. and extremely good. Not because not only because you have the players buy in, but because it can add a lot of emotional depth and such for motivation for the rest of the party. And again, that's something I would probably do sparingly. You don't want to be doing that constantly, but it's a great like shared storytelling mechanism for a player that wants to retire a character and bring bring a new character. Yeah. And then when they do have their new character and everything's set, um, having an idea about where they would come in is good, but you might want to, you know, kind of figure out a couple different spots because it really depends on what the the rest of the party is going to be doing, where they are, what's happening, because you don't want someone to be sitting at the table for two hours waiting for their chance to, to play their new character. You want to try to bring them in as soon as you can. And whether that's um, they see them on the streets or they, they find them in prison somewhere in the dungeon that the party's already in, something along those lines, you know, try to have an idea of, you know, what makes sense for this character? How can we bring them in sooner? Um, or are we just going to just run into them and then they're going to tag along like a little lost puppy because they're new to the city? You know, I don't know. Um, that's really one of those things that you kind of have to, you know, check your brain at the door and understand, hey, this is another player. We want them with us. We're just going to make it happen. But again, you know, try to to facilitate them coming back in as soon as you can so that again everybody's there having a good time and enjoying themselves yeah and that's and and usually in those scenarios too because very seldom will you change characters more than a time or two over the course of a campaign unless your campaign is extremely bloody (laughs) and extremely dangerous then you might be swapping characters more often but that's that's a different type of campaign too and most likely hopefully in your session zero you have talked to your players and this is (laughs) this is this a meat grinder campaign yeah and so you know come prepared with five five character sheets and Characters getting together is not going to be a big thing. In a big story-based one, though, especially if a player is introducing a new character, make sure you talk with them first and Mm -hmm. let them know that, hey, this doesn't happen often. We're going to try and get you in as soon as possible. But know that the the session after your character leaves, it may be just a, a, a little bit. We yeah. need the, the other characters may need a little time to to grieve or to kind of move on a little bit. Um, and then hopefully you can find a good scenario for introducing the new character. Yeah. Yeah. When I said bring them in as soon as you can, I didn't mean, oh no, Gorath the bold has died. Oh, the person embalming him. Great. Join our party. Let's go. You know, it, it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend something like that unless again, it's a very bloody campaign. join you. <laughs> yeah. Why are you taking his sword? It was a really nice magical item. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am Gorath Jr., his son. I'd take my father's vow of courage and will come with you. Oh, well, how are you different? I cast magic. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I am slightly younger. <laughs> <laughs> and charisma isn't my dump stat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, 
like so there's there's a lot of a lot of things you can do there um we can also talk a little bit about temporary characters mm-hmm. because there are times like i was saying where a character a single character for whatever reason might become separated might become captured might have to go do a thing that is very involved in the story or potentially from a player standpoint, they really like this character. They just want to break. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I'm a little burned out. I'm playing this character. I need, you know, I, I want to do something, something different or, or potentially my backstory has been fulfilled quite a bit already. And, I know that this character is going to be needed for the final arc, but until then, maybe I, I want to take a little break and do something else. Mm-hmm. Or these brigands captured this one person during the night. I mean, uh, and spoilers for Critical Role Season 2. Um, I know that's been out for, for a little while. That's basically how Matt was able to pull out Trava. Travel. Trava. Well, they did travel. Trava. Yes, they did travel. Uh, Travis and Laura, while they were on baby, baby like maternity leave mm-hmm. and such, after after they had their kid, is their characters got kidnapped. Yeah, makes sense. And 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 so it it ended up working out really. And that was a plan thing that actually ended up working out well. Because remember, it's okay to plan things. Mm-hmm. Some. Not everything has to be totally off the cuff, spur of the moment type yeah. stuff. It is okay to collaborate mid or during the campaign with players. It's fine. Sometimes that can lead to richer storytelling. That doesn't mean you plan everything out. It's not like theoretical role or your game is scripted. But sometimes having beats or having slightly more planned out scenarios can be yeah, really beneficial. And so in that in that sort of case, they were just gone for a little while. But in some cases, it may be the character is captured and the party has to get them back. But the party, <laughs> it, it could take many sessions. It could take weeks. Uh, it could take months, yeah. uh, depending on where where the thing thing goes, or where the uh, sorry where the the party ends up going. So work with your player whose person got captured to build out a temporary character, something they know they will only use for a certain amount of time, something that doesn't have to have necessarily super heavy ties to the party, but could have a tie to that particular arc or that particular, that particular story beat where this person got captured. So someone involved in that joins the party to help out. Yeah. Um, In, in my campaign, I had someone who had to step away for a while. And so uh, it it was unfortunate when they had to leave because we were in the middle of something. So it's like, okay, well in this instance, instead of, you know, forcing them to come and play when they're not able to, which I mean that don't do that because that's mean, Um, you know, I just kind of, you know, can, or, play their character as best they could after speaking with them to make sure they were okay with it. Um, letting them know that, Hey, you're escorting this caravan. We're probably going to have you just stay with the caravan while the others leave to do other things, you know, to stay guard. Um, you know, there's this going on, that going on, whatever. And so 
as soon as we got to a town, I, I had them say, um, Hey guys, there's something I need to take care of. I can't tell you about it. Cause I mean, luckily they're a rogue anyway. So, you know, sneaky, um, but, but, uh, so, you know, the entire, I mean, the, the players obviously knew it's like, okay, well, they're not going to be able to play. So, you know, they said what they, they really felt, which was, we're going to miss you. You know, we understand you are welcome back at any point. And I even created a, um, uh, an item that's basically, I, I think I, I almost blatantly ripped off of uh, Matt's like trans teleportation stones or whatever. Um, but yeah, like uh, they gave one of them to the party so that they would always have a way to get back to them whenever. So this, this, I, I thought, I don't know when we're going to bring them back. I don't know what's going to be happening, but I want them to be able to just step right into the game and be there. So I'm like, we take, took care of that. Magic's in my world. Magic can solve everything. So let's do that. And then we had them go. And then at this point, we're we're starting to talk about, you know, um, finding the time to be able to come back and, and rejoin the game. And the idea of, well, I don't know what's been going on. It's like, well, your character wasn't there. So you don't even have to worry about that. You know, I'm sure they'll fill yeah, you in. You don't need. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to tell you. But you don't need to know all that backstory. Yeah. Necessarily. Exactly. And the idea of a whole bunch of cars driving by. Sorry about that. Um, there was, uh, okay, well, what am I doing in the meantime? You know, I need to be able to tell them stuff. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't really need to. If they ask, just say, I can't tell you. You know, simple as that. Um, or, you know what? We can talk about something, kind of figure something out. You know, maybe play through a little bit to, so that you have your own little arc. And yes, it's kind of a form of splitting the party, but it's a way to, to reintegrate back into the main sessions as well, so that you give that character something that they've been doing this entire time, too. Yeah. And and remember, too, this is this is the super fun part of when these splits happen, especially if the player is still there just playing like a temporary character mm-hmm. or something like that, because you can at small planned intervals jump back over to their main character and be like, Hey, you're your main character for the next few minutes and play Mm -hmm. out interesting stuff. No one else is seeing, but it really continues to attach that main character who's missing to the game. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They might not be in the scene, but they're still there. Yeah. Like, Oh, we just jumped over and, Hey, your character's getting interrogated right now by the people who captured you. And you just spend the next five or 10 minutes playing out this interrogation scene to what ends. It's, it's more story. It's more lore. Technically none of the other players have seen it or know about it, but the, it just builds up that, that uh, feeling of other stuff is still happening Mm -hmm. and even in a sort of metagamey type of way it builds the sense of urgency for your other players too or if they weren't interrogated uh you say that they're you know poolside what what are they ordering from the cabana just give them something fun i don't know (laughs) you know yeah i mean if they're off in a fun situation then yeah it's just like (laughs) Yes, table for two at the fancy restaurant. And then yes. you jump back over to everyone else dying uh, from mummies inside <laughs> okay. of, a, of a pair of 
or something. You're in a limbo contest. Give me a dex saving throw. <laughs> oh, you passed. Okay. Moving on to the next <laughs> round. And jumping over to the mummy fight. <laughs> the mummy curses you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's just all all sorts of different ways to handle that. So hopefully in this conversation, especially if you've encountered a scenario or or uh, a piece of your story like this before, or something that may come up later in game, hopefully this will help you mm-hmm. kind of figure out what to do with you and with your players. As well. Exactly. Just because they're splitting doesn't mean you have to end the fun. Yep. It's not the end of the world. Usually. No. Sometimes it is. I mean, Sometimes it's usually like the end of an arc kind of thing, but you know. Usually not the end. Yeah. For the most part. All right. So moving on, we are going to talk a little bit about kobolds. And we had a listener write in and say, I'd like to hear your guys' stances on kobolds, whether it be as monsters in combat or PCs or even NPCs. I love kobolds because they are so misunderstood. Yes. And that is very, that is very true. That is very true. It's still on my list, actually to play a, a kobold PC because they are, they're in game. They have official stats. They're, they're official and everything. Uh, I believe they are, they're small creatures. Um, they have dark vision. They've actually got some pretty cool little traits. They've got uh, this draconic cry, which lets you as a bonus action, uh, cry at your enemies with, within 10 feet of you. And then until the start of your next turn, you and your allies have advantage on attack rolls against any of those enemies that can hear you. And you can use that a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. That's pretty dang cool. It is pretty cool. But even more so, they each have a legacy, you know, something that you get to choose from. You can either have proficiency in uh, a few different skills. Um, You can have advantages on saving throws to avoid or either to end the frightened condition on yourself or you can actually choose some draconic sorcery as in um, you, you can choose like a, a cantrip to kind of give yourself, which is something really cool, especially if you're playing something like a fighter or a barbarian or something that doesn't have any magic. Just having, you know, a tiny little cantrip can't hurt you. It's always fun to have magic. Ties into that like draconic bloodline lore mm-hmm. and the, you know, the latent magic. Uh, we see this in the sorcerer subclass, the the draconic sorcerer subclass the the latent magical dragon blood and such and kobolds at the end of the day are basically little dragons or dragon-like beings yeah um they're from a from a pc perspective um they're they're crafty they're they're fun they're they're interesting they're small they're small which is kind of cool it's 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 always interesting playing a small playable character uh or player character because you can do some more interesting stuff that you can't do as a, a full medium sized, like humanoid creature. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally they have some sort of connection with dragons, be it good or bad, either in fear or terror or awe and reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a monster side standpoint, a lot of times they are found with dragons as servants uh, or minions to to dragons who they view as 
uh, deities. Or potentially as things to stay away from completely. Yep. So, <laughs> so they don't have to deal with them. Uh, but many times, uh, especially if you're thinking about using them, kobolds are very pack oriented. Yes. So you will very rarely find just one or two. Usually uh, they are traveling as large groups. So take advantage of that as a, as a DM in that situation. Uh, a party could easily become surrounded by a pack of kobolds. Yep. But on top of that too, because they're like kind of, you know, not physically strong, they're really crafty with traps. So if you're running into a cave system and there's kobolds in there, there's going to be, you know, rock falls, pits, um, any sort of trap that you can think of. They're really clever at kind of putting them together, you know, more nature-ish traps than like, oh, this magic room is going to explode if you step on it. I mean, you, you know, you can have a cobalt sorcerer or something. Sure, why not? But we're looking at, you know, falls off ledges, um, nets, you know, like kind of more simplistic kinds of things. And it's one of the things that I think is actually just absolutely fantastic. You know, it's it's a lot of fun to, you know, go into a cave system, hear some chittering of some cobalt kind of running around, and then all of a sudden being uh, hit in the face with some green ooze that was, uh, you know, flung at you because you stepped in the wrong spot. Good stuff. But yeah, overall, like Ryan was saying, they're fun. They're like little tiny dragon people, uh, not to be mistaken with Dragonborn. And some of them even have wings, which I think is really cool. Super um, cool. Yeah, those are known as Erds. Apparently wings are a super high status symbol because they don't usually get along well with the, the normal non-wing kobolds. But they're little jerks sometimes, too, because they'll be like on high ledges and drop rocks on adventurers as they pass by and stuff. So, I mean, these little guys are just amazing and great and work so well with their environment. And especially if they swarm you like I've, I've heard of plenty of adventuring parties that have been, you know, surrounded by kobolds. And it's just it's the end of the party. They actually get a, 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 a total party kill TPK. Sorry. I was thinking TBK too much. And I'm like, that's Ryan. That's hi. No, that's not what that is. <laughs> yeah. They, you, yeah, you get they have pack tactics. Yeah. They have pack tactics. And from uh, an official standpoint, at least there are several different flavors mm -hmm. of kobolds. Um, they have several, several different stat blocks, including one of my favorites. I believe it's the kobold alchemist that carries around like all sorts of, of different mechanisms and stuff. I don't know if you're looking it up right now. I am actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Kobold alchemists are super, super cool and incredibly flavorful and can do a lot of stuff. So if you have a kobold encounter, make sure you throw one of those in. Uh, if be it uh, there, if they're the leader or just kobold um, inventor inventor, that's it. Oh venture. my gosh, basket of centipedes. Oh. <laughs> There's so, yeah, go look up the stat block for Kobold Inventor. There's there's so much fun stuff oh my in that gosh. stat block. Oh my gosh, these are neat. I don't I can't read them because it's just fun to say. Okay, I'll read this one. Scorpion on a stick. Kobold makes a melee attack with a scorpion tied to the end of a 5-foot long pole. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, piercing damage, but then also poison. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. 
Thanks, Ryan. Now I need to have cobalt adventures <laughs> everywhere in my campaign. Yes, uh, they. I think they originally appeared in Volo's Guide to Monsters, and they are also mm-hmm. uh, updated and included in the new uh, Morden Canyon's Monsters of the Multiverse. Yep. Yeah, you are correct. But yeah, they've got they've got eight different weapon inventions that you can use that you can either pick or roll like a d8, and it's. Honestly, for something that's got 13 hit points, it's one of the coolest stat blocks, I think, just period. There's just a lot of very unique, fun stuff. And so, uh, as as Ben alluded to, from a terrain and home standpoint, these uh, these little, little kobolds are very mountainous. They like to build tunnels. They like to exist in in tunnels and caverns and caves and stuff so anytime you're around those areas or really even anytime you're around a dragon lair if you want good fun dragon minions especially at lower levels although they even enough of them could be a threat at higher levels they do have pack tactics um they are absolutely fantastic enemies uh or even friends potentially if you can if you can sweet talk your way into uh, into their good graces uh they might make potent allies too uh but yeah no i think i think they're a ton of fun uh they like i said there's there's multiple flavors of them officially Mm -hmm. and then i know unofficially in third-party supplements there's even more but there's i think at least three to five different flavors of kobolds just within the official stat blocks so definitely check those out if you're looking for uh, monsters to have encounters for your lower level parties or even your mid level parties. Yeah, and if you want to play one as a uh, as a player character, they're a lot of fun. I mean, just looking at it, just knowing about them, small little dragon creature, kind of you know, uh, either potentially immune to being frightened uh you know with advantage and stuff like that or like having a little bit of magic to kind of kick and stuff and everything like it's really cool i i kind of want to play one now like next uh next interim uh plus five we should just have a party of cobalts oh that'd be so fun whoever's dming will have to let let uh them give us pack tactics yes exactly <laughs> although that's i guess that's kind of what the scream is meant to imitate yeah. From the with the with the advantage. Yeah, I guess you can see that. Feet. So then just we we each go e- ah! in succession. <laughs> just one round at a time. Just ah! <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. That would be that'd be super funny. Oh, totally. uh, or an all kobold one shot would be would be super entertaining, I'm sure. Too. So, yeah, check them out. Uh they have lots of flavor. And lots of possibility, either as monsters or as playable characters. Yep. All right. Uh, so, few supplemental talking points um, that I found over the last few weeks that are kind of interesting. First off, uh, on D&D Beyond, they recently released Spelljammer Academy. Yes. This is basically the like intro... Uh, learn more about Spelljammer before Spelljammer Adventures in Space, the book collection, comes out a little later this year. Um, it is being given away. Uh, so this is the first in a series of four adventures that 
prepare you for your journeys into space. And they are available for free at no cost with your D&D Beyond account. Mm -hmm. So all you got to do is go to D&D Beyond, hit claim. We'll have the link directly to the page if you go to dndiscussions.com and look in the show notes and claim the content. Totally free. Little adventure. It's got some... It's got the adventure. It's got some enemies. Uh, Really cool. And there's going to be three more of these coming. So definitely go check that out. Yes, big time. And as I've said before, I am way into the idea of Spelljammer. I can... Like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to finish That's going to be your campaign. next campaign. Yeah, it's going to be my yeah. next campaign. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to finish up this one. It's going to be probably another year or so before it's finished. But that gives me plenty of time to figure out Spelljammer stuff. So I'm really looking forward to this. And it's, it's such seems a cool like a setting. very fun setting. It really does. All I can think of is Treasure Planet. Yeah. Every time I think of Spelljammer, that's like that was my very underrated if you haven't seen it very underrated disney movie it's basically treasure island in space Mm -hmm. so very very underrated movie very well done uh but anytime someone says spell jammer that's what that's what that yep and while i prep i'm just gonna have that on on loop as you should yeah as you should that's how that works um also in interesting news uh roll 20 announced a joint venture with one bookshelf and one bookshelf basically manages drive through RPG, DMs Guild, as well as various other marketplace websites. And this is a really interesting thing, not just for Roll20, which is going to get access and integration with all these other RPGs and at least supposedly DMs Guild type content, uh, which will make it easier for people to purchase things there and get Roll20 integration, be it maps or character sheets or tokens or whatever, on the Roll20 marketplace itself. It honestly leads me to think, to wonder and speculate what will actually end up happening with the DMs Guild. Because right now, the DMs Guild is kind of like the official place for third-party content that's licensed under the uh the free source or the what ugh, i forget what it's called basically the the free rules of D that you can build stuff off of and then as settings are released usually those become fair game to build third-party content for. yeah so it's it's interesting that and it says joint venture. I'm not sure if it's a merger. I'm not sure if it's an acquisition. It's it's a little hard, a little a little fuzzy in the wording. But it is it is kind of interesting to me because I've really been wondering what D&D... We know D&D Beyond got purchased by Withers. And it's going to become their official digital tool set. Mm-hmm. And they may have an official tabletop uh, or virtual tabletop at some point. Uh, almost, almost assuredly, they will. I think the big question hanging out in the air is, what are they going to do for third parties? What are they going to do for that third party content? Are they going to support that third party content? Because they have the SRD, SRD. That's what it's called. There you go. They have they have that out there now. They have DMs Guild, which you can publish stuff on, but there are no integration points for any third parties currently to integrate into D and D Beyond, which is now their official tool set. So it, it, it just makes me wonder or speculate, is DM's Guild going to get spun off of one bookshelf? 
and acquired by wizards to be integrated into their property line and potentially integrated in with D&D Beyond, will that kind of get abandoned and D&D Beyond will get become the new marketplace for, for third parties and people to publish on and give it in some sort of a standard to where they can tailor their content so it can be ingested into D&D Beyond and then used with the site? I don't know. All I know is that I really hope they get some sort of good way to allow third-party content to be used on D&D Beyond, yeah. on that official digital tool set. Because it's so incredibly useful for most of the stuff I do, and it would just become that much more useful if like my Cobalt Press books, if my MCDM books were available and integrated into the character sheets, into the encounter builder, into all exactly. sort of things without me having to put all that stuff in, and in the magic items, without me having to put all that s- sort of stuff in manually. So I just thought it was interesting and I wanted to throw it out there, just kind of speculating because if if it doesn't happen next year, I assume it will probably happen with the 2024 redo, revamp type thing. And I really hope they're thinking about this right now and considering all these options so that they can bring third parties along with them and not kind of turn them away or push them away from being able to integrate into their official tool set. Because right now, like one of the big things that keeps D&D growing and flourishing is a very strong third-party ecosystem like you all all you have to do is look on kickstarter and see the 5e adjacent stuff (laughs) that is kickstarted for hundreds of thousands of dollars yes like and not just one not just two not even just a dozen but dozens and dozens of projects potentially even hundreds of projects a year fully funded and many above and beyond their goals that are all 5e adjacent. Mm-hmm. So my hope is Wizards really embraces that and comes up with a good way and a good split and everything so that they can keep that in their digital tool set and keep those strong 5e ecosystems rolling. I'd love to see that. I mean, th- that's one of the things that keeps me not investing as much into the third-party stuff as I could is just because... I'm using D&D Beyond a great deal um, in my campaigns. It's, it's you know, so easy, so streamlined and everything that taking the time to put everything that I need in there is it's just time consuming. So, I mean, if, if there is a way to incorporate that in there, I'm all for it. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I really hope they come up with a, a really good solution for that. Um, and then finally, our community content shout out is the chem podcast what does that mean it means kill every monster and this is a actually a super cool podcast um where each episode is basically the hosts and usually a guest breaking down a monster from the monster manual uh and they go into a a super deep dive into the monster all about it um potentially even like historical or cultural aspects of it. Uh, if there, if there are relations, uh, 
deep dive into the how you run it, what do you think of it, uh, and all the different aspects around it. And they, it's the there's two seasons out right now, and they're just slowly going through all the monsters in the monster manual. Uh, and it's a, a super interesting podcast. It was any nominated, very which cool. is uh, I believe the RPG awards. Um, so yeah, we'll have a link to it in the show notes if that sounds interesting to you. Definitely check them out. Yeah. And finally, before we go, it's been a little bit, Ben. Yes, it has. But I want to know, what have you been doing in your campaign? I have been watching my players try to figure something out. Trying to figure out a a massive conspiracy that's been going on. And... Um, we're actually going to be getting to this topic, uh, not next episode, but the one after about, you know, consolidating information that they may have learned, which is something that I'm going to be getting ready and prepping for them for our game this Saturday, because a lot of information has been found. They have all the pieces, they have everything they need, except they don't have it all quite correlated yet. But the thing that got me the most excited is in the last step or last episode, last session that we had, they finally decided that they're going to infiltrate the castle and do some investigating, which I have been waiting for a long time for, for them to, to really just, you know, pull the trigger and get in there. And so they went in, they found um, some uh, basic uh blueprints of the castle from when it was built from forever ago um turns out that over time you know things were changed there's a whole bunch of different designers so there's things that have you know been erased added moved the plans have been kind of moved around and everything so in our next session we're going to be looking at that they're going to form their plan of infiltration and then get in there and try to get the, the the final pieces of this puzzle that they're that they're working on and i am so excited for this it's gonna be great we're gonna do some stealth we're gonna do some fun rolls we're gonna figure out random stuff distractions all that it's gonna be great i am stoked very sounds stoked. super fun that sounds super fun i'm excited to hear what happens once they get in oh me too me too <laughs> Considering the rogue isn't back yet, so <laughs> it's going to be interesting. We're going to see how it goes. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, hopefully soon. Uh, but, I mean, we have someone who can do polymorph, so that's a good thing. Um, yep. I mean, depending on what you go in as, you you have that mentality, too. So who knows how that's going to play out. Um, Are they, rats smart? Rats have high intelligence? Yeah, I think they're okay. They're they okay. should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't just don't do a moth. No, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, they, they've gotten in really good with, with some of the guards, uh, you know, of just the city. They've talked to a couple that actually, um, you know, worked in the castle. They, they have uh, plenty of, of delegates in the castle as well. I mean, they, they've got, they've got roots in, they just haven't fully figured it out and have no idea where they're going yet. Cause they, they have no idea what the castle looks like. They haven't been in there yet. So it's going to be good. And I have been working my butt off making castle maps. So yes, yeah. And I'd, I'd share and show it. you, except it's too large to put in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, excited about that. Um, how about you? Have you uh um started back up yet? I just started back. Oh, up. Ooh, um, okay. So as as 
it, many of you will remember, I, I took a few weeks off, um, which ended up being <laughs> really good because uh, there's a lot of family stuff going on and on all sorts of all sorts of things. So it ended up it ended up being really good to good. to take a nice little break and uh, kind of rest and recharge. I ended up having my first session back just this last Saturday with Ooh. my my first campaign. Um, and it was essentially a prep everything that we need to to go to the Shadowfell session. <laughs> and it actually ended up being really fun and interesting okay. uh, for being kind of a pseudo pseudo shopping session. But it was it was good. Uh, some magic items were gotten. Um, they got supplies. They talked to one of the planeswalkers in the arcane conservatory who answered some of their questions, which was nice. Um, and so they did, they did a lot of that. And, uh, there was the revelation of their, their companion who's not who he seemed to be. So the whole first part of that session was him kind of explaining, Hey, I'm technically this tiefling fiendish guy who's Mm -hmm. hiding because i escaped the nine hells sure that won't ever be relevant again no (laughs) why would it why would it why would it um so yeah that was really interesting so the whole first part of the session was kind of them confronting him and and talking to him about that uh and then they did all their their buying they said said their goodbyes prepped as much as they could then they opened the portal and thankfully, our wizard, who is a halfling, as like, as as the first two or three people jumped in, I was like, something is drawn to this portal. Something is pushing towards it. Something wants through. Oh, maybe astral. You don't know. Roll an arcana check to see if you can maintain basically concentration and push whatever is trying to come back. She rolled a one. Oh no. But halfling. Halfling. And I believe that one turned into a natural 20. Oh. On the second roll. Halfling which is luck, super man. Halfling, halfling luck. luck. Uh, and so she was able to hold whatever was drawn to this extra planar portal that they had, you know, ripped open uh, at bay long enough to everyone jump in and head down this fall, kind of falling in a lot of ways, this deep, dark, black tunnel. I was like, dark vision doesn't even see anything. Magical vision in darkness doesn't see anything. It's just pitch black as they're falling through and then i had the rogue the ranger rogue uh who it's her family that they're going to try and rescue roll the d100 for planar travel was a 31 oh okay so it'll be interesting to see where they get shot out at and how close they get based on based on that role and how much uh, they have to get through. I'm very excited. I've been prepping 
this Shadowfell stuff for a long time. <laughs> I've got all sorts of fun, fun, interesting stuff planned. That's um, very cool. So, so I'm very, very excited to, uh, for that that campaign to move move into that arc. It should be a very interesting, very fun, eh, maybe slightly darker <laughs> arc than like, some literally. of the others. Literally and and figuratively. Um, and then some of the other ones that we've done. So really excited. And then my other campaign starts back up again this Friday. Good. As of as of this recording on Wednesday. Uh, so it starts back up again this Friday. Uh, they're heading to after dropping their small dragon friend off with her dad and getting these really cool draconic gifts. They're heading uh, instead of going straight back to their benefactors they're going to head and try and do the secondary job because they picked between the two different mines the one smaller mine that had the dragon captured and then this bigger mine that was far more of a production type type thing uh but didn't have a have a dragon at it gotcha so i'm i'm very excited to see see what they do with that um and how (laughs) how that goes find out find out on friday well very good sounds like you're you've got some pretty good adventures coming up i'm happy for you yep as do you yes as do you oh man i'm yes big conspiracy man yep i'm i'm excited to see how it plays out for sure oh me too but with that uh that will bring this episode to a close uh Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. It's always a ton of fun getting to chat with you, Ben, on all things D&D and uh, everything adjacent (laughs) to to D&D. We will be back here uh, at our normal time in two weeks, hopefully with some really cool stuff as long as as long as scheduling and stuff all works out. Yes, that was the plan. That's why we're recording when we are so that we have our our schedule all uh, uh, tight with uh, some potentially cool scheduling schedules. Scheduling schedules. Yes, that's all all I'm going to say. I'll be as cryptic as possible. Excellent. Until next time. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon. Yep. And uh, if you want to reach us in the meantime, though, you can always reach out through email. You can find us at or not at, but you know, you can send an email to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter. You can find us at dndiscussions. If you're looking for Ryan specifically, uh, as I totally messed up in my mind before, he is at tbkzord, not tpk. No, entirely different. Uh, if you're looking for me, I'm at Ben Bumhofer. And of course, if you want to hear us play some Dungeons and Dragons, check out Plus Five to Hit. Uh, we have our first episode of our summer hiatus, uh, our, our, trip to Strixhaven out uh, we had some issues uh, uh, going on so we were actually having to postpone that second episode but we'll be recording that uh, next week no in two weeks sorry um, and uh, we'll get that out and uh, continue classes because oh boy the first day of classes was pretty great and I'm looking it was forward a lot to of fun one. it was a lot of fun I'm really looking forward to continuing I'm just happy that I got to cast Shalele because that's a great spell that I don't think a lot of people use. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah uh, but with that everybody again thank you very much for listening uh, make sure to check out any other episodes that you haven't listened to on dndiscussions.com as well as uh, where podcasts are found and in the meantime until next time be good to each other and goodbye <laughs>